Herald of Steel beckons. War on the horizon. Chaos reigns supreme. But who will save us? Beckons of the Herald of Steel is a 5th edition homebrew campaign. It is a high fantasy and old school flavored campaign run by me, the young Rognard, and my friends. Let's meet those friends now. I am Anthony Santiago, and I'm playing Norhill Hammerstone, Dwarven Fighter. I'm Jared, and I'll be playing Jarzak, the Orc Warlock. I'm Ryan, and I'm going to be playing Klika, the Goblin Sorcerer. I'm Veronica. I'll be playing Anton, the Human Cleric. While many prophecies are written, our story has yet to be completed. Follow us into adventure. We'll go back to the podcast. It is I, Grognard the Young, the Young Grognard, kicking you to your lab with another episode of the Biggins and the Herald of Steel campaign with the adventure, the Kings and the Quest, Gorgareth. In the last episodes of the show, our party have been trying to make a, I guess, a what, fire immunity potion? I guess that's kind of what we settle on here. Uh, in order to have a super duper ancient powerful red dragon melt a slab of metal into the perfect shape to complete the portal to do the thing with the other place but to make this we need some frosty frosty blood from a white dragon our party have made the long and hard giggity uh way up to the top of the mountain uh, in the Sunderspire mountains here uh reaching stone's reach uh in hopes of finding Eindindareth the sort of uh i guess villain of this region and the Akeridos mountain um hoping to get some of that sweet, tasty, frosty blood. Uh, along the way, we found frost wyverns. We found the wreckage left behind from the goblins when they raided uh, Solthide. Um, and I guess Sam Squamishes, which I guess, you know, outside of gameplay, we've we've discovered that they're actually uh, planar jaunting cryptids that only Jarzak can see for some reason. Apparently, Kalika is probably destined to see them at one point using the blink spell, but, you know, only time will tell. Only time will tell. But with that in mind, our party have made it to the horrific layer, the frosty spire here at the top of the mountain. Uh, and they had to make a difficult decision for themselves, either across the frozen bridge that leads directly to the frozen layer of the white dragon on Dindereth, or climb down into the cavernous little frozen canyon to the ice flows down below where there seems to be something of like a reservoir of water where there's small little dinghy boats uh floating over by a small little pier ish looking landing uh and i think the party decided uh that they were going to travel down into the ice flows and uh our our friend the bard um having some strange emotional revelations fired off a crossbow like an idiot and that's where we left off so i guess the Party and I have to make the decision how the heck you're getting down there. Well, luckily, we have a pretty huge amount of climbing gear. So uh, we'll just set up uh, some, uh, you know, it's a nice uh, python and a rope. Okay. Yeah. I'll also say you guys are pretty much without any form of cover whatsoever. And it is midday 
towards evening, towards sunset. So you guys are out in broad daylight with no cover. So I just want to make it known, just in case anything happens, that we've got our little climbing team setting up a small fortification to get down into the bottom. Well, we'll do it quickly. As a precaution, can I cast shield on myself? I just have a weird feeling I'll be climbing down a rope and someone's going to shoot me. Like shield of faith or shield? Uh, apologies, shield of faith. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I suppose so. Um, all right. Now, my other question is, when you guys are climbing down here, did you want to try to go to the more difficult part to get closer to where the boats are? Or did you want to climb down a more easier climbing spot and have to cross more ice flows? Like the, uh, you know, like those cliche imagery of like the frozen like lakes where it's like just the sheets of ice bonking into each other. That's basically what's down there. Yeah, I think that maybe the easier route is going to be safer, the safer in the long run. It's going to be more ice flows to cross, but it's your funeral there, uh, Norhill. So, okay. So in that case, could I just get a, a athletics check or acrobatics check to climb down the rope? Mm. And Norhill has gotten a 17. And you guys all get advantage on it. Sorry. Still not that it's going to make any difference. It it might have. 12? I think we got a 21. You don't want to know my other role. <laughs> okay. So the entire party managed to gracefully get down the ropes, except for Starbreeze, who rolled a fumble, but it's at advantage. Oh, great. Okay, cool. Well, he got a five. So that the entire party make it down with the bare minimum bard making it. Climbing is just not his thing. I think we're coming to realize this. But um, yeah, so everybody makes it down to the bottom. And as you guys stand down here on one of the larger chunks of ice that seems to be fixed to the, the wall down here, um, it looks like you guys have still like another 60 feet to go before you reach over to where uh, a couple of the little dinghy boats are sort of nestled in. Um, what you can see from where you're standing, though, is that those little dinghy boats seem to kind of wrap around a corner a little bit into something of like a like a cove. So it seems like the wide open expanse above you where you're standing now sort of like kind of cones down into like a grotto entrance over by where the boats are rigged. So, uh, do the boats seem to be tied up or anything? Yeah, they seem to be tied up to something of like a makeshift little like uh, pier, I guess I'd call it. It doesn't look more than like ten by ten feet, and it seems like it's just sort of a stopping point, like a like a drop off point for either supplies or or something like that. Okay, um, uh, and maybe I'm just being silly. Uh, which side of the water are the boats on from us? I mean, so I guess they... the shape, like the shape of the, the place where you are right now, it's almost shaped kind of like uh, one of those like uh, Pillsbury like dinner rolls where it's kind of like that like croissant kind of shape where it's like almost like Yoda head. Those boats are to the left pointed ear. You guys kind of came down at like the chin. So I'm like, it's just kind of a long way into that little nestling point. Oh, over so there. yeah, so we, we, yeah, we just kind of follow a little ways along. Okay. Yeah, I figured the uh, croissant Yoda head imagery probably helps a lot, right? Yeah, it actually did. Okay, okay. and so with that, crossing these uh, 
nice petals of ice out here may be difficult. What you guys notice is with all five of you down here now and standing on this, uh, it starts to move around uh, a little bit. You guys notice that even landing on this one down here, it seems to cause a little bit of waves, even though this one's much more fixed to the side here. Um, but with the water sloshing, the slabs of ice around this uh, start to move around delicately a little bit. You can hear the crunching as it bonks into each other, but you've already been able to kind of hear that. So traveling this way is probably going to be difficult. And um, yeah. So how would you like to do so? We should probably go one at a time. Uh, that way our weight gets spread out a little bit more and we don't have to, and, you know, if one person falls, you know, there's someone else who's not falling who can potentially help. That makes sense. Okay. So if that's what everybody agrees to. I wish I prepared water walk, son of a bitch. <laughs> <sighs> Dang it. But then you'd have to walk in between the ices. But, okay, so who's going first? I mean, I could control water, but I don't know if that'd help us. Hmm, that's a good question. I could, could flood part or re I could flood part, redirect the flow or whirlpool, but I don't, I don't think any of this will help us at the moment, but... Just stir the punch bowl, Ronnie. Yeah. <laughs> Let's create a whirlpool down here. <laughs> Fuck them. Uh, Norfolk will volunteer to go first. Okay. In that case, I'll just need an athletics check for you to be able to leap between the farthest of the ice, uh, ice blocks here. There's only one of them that's particularly far away. And by far away, I mean, it's only like a couple feet. The only problem is having to get like a sliding jump to get to it is a little tricky. But everybody's graduated from the Crash Bandicoot Institute of Art. So. Uh, yeah, Norhill definitely did with a 19. He did a sweet jump, clicked his heels when he landed. Uh, can I also get an acrobatics check uh, to be able to balance your wing? Uh, that's going to be significantly less good. So I have a question. Is hypothermia a thing? Like if we go in the water? Probably don't want. Think you can go into this water? Yeah. No. Like will we die faster? Yeah. You will you will go into shock from how cold it is. Uh, well, uh, like a frozen lake. Twelve, so hopefully he's not going swimming. No, no, no. So you managed to make it across the first couple of them. So who would go right after you? I think Starbreeze probably feels most inclined to follow, seeing you as probably the most adept to help him, and for that reason, he's going to jump after you. Um, and uh, okay, he's to just do whatever he can to give the help action on one of these checks by, like, you know, catching someone who jumps or uh, whatever. Okay. If you'd like to do that, you're going to take disadvantage on any acrobatics checks just because the things are going to be shifting around. Yeah, if it's going to be more of a the hindrance and an asset, Norhill won't. <laughs> so that Starbreeze jumps across. And he slides and lands on his ass and just slams his butt on the ice to the point you hear like a little thud noise from just bone hitting ice. And he, he like rolls to his side in pain and looks at the rest of the party. And I imagine the, the whole party makes that like, ooh, face. But with that, he picks himself back up, puts his crossbow back over his shoulder and continues his way behind Norhill. So who's next? 
I know. I guess Anton could go next. Okay. So I'm going to need like an athletics check and an acrobatics. Okay. Here's the athletics. Now, Morgul. Oh, you want me to go? Yeah, what'd you get? Athletics, I got 10. Okay. Acrobatics, I got 16. Okay, fair enough. So you managed to follow right after Starbreeze, no problem. My only question, uh, Norhill, was when you let everybody drink from the Silver Stein, what was the perk you gave? Dexterity. Okay. Dexterity saving throws? Yep. Very well. Okay, so who's next? Now that three players are making their way over to the little dinghy boat situation, is it Jarzak or Klika? I'll go last. Oh, I have a question. Can Klika's blink control where she goes? Like, can she theoretically blink between the blocks, or is that not how it works? I have 10 feet of movement I can use, like, coming out of it. That, like, I I can appear 10 feet away from where I disappeared, essentially, if I want to. Uh, Klika's just going to look at Jarzak and say, um... Klika doesn't really want to drown, so Klika probably just gonna teleport over there. Do you want to come or not? Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Okay, um, that's fine. Saves me the trip. Klika will just dimension door over and not drown <laughs> in icy water. <laughs> What's the range on dimension door? Three hundred feet? Five hundred. Okay, I had a feeling of something like that. Okay, so you just teleport right on the dinghy little dock right in front of Norhill and Starbreeze and Anton, who just you guys just appear. They're like, "Well, you guys had teleports." Over that, uh, Starbreeze still rubbing his coccyx is like, "This is the most bullshit adventure I have ever been on." Um, but yeah, so as the party land over on the dinghy boat, you guys can see in the distance that the ice flows actually get blocked off by something of like a makeshift sort of net that's been set up on one side of the boats where the boats can kind of go through on like a little door. Okay. And before you is sort of like a, I don't want to say like a tunnel, but it's a like sort of like the tunnel of kind of like, just like one of those like half cylinder tunnels that just go all the way back. And you guys can see torchlight and smell the smells of cooked meat and smoke down the distance. As if it seems like this is probably like the secret entrance to where somebody's living. Um, But this tunnel arcs back about 30 feet and it's going to have you guys probably hunched over to be able to fit through. But like I said before, the boats can fit two people comfortably. So what would you guys like to do? As there are two boats here. I'm assuming just thinking of the order so far like would it just be Norhill and Anton with Starbreeze squeezed into one boat and Klika and Jarzak in the other would you like to try to squeeze them into this boat Uh, do they look stable enough for that try it it just wouldn't be comfortable Uh, uh, although if anything Starbreeze should probably squeeze in with uh, Klika and Jarzak, because that boat pro- will probably have the least amount of weight on it already. You know, but uh, we should probably swap like Anton and Jarzak, 
or Norhill and Jarzak. So we can have, you know, Norhill's strength with Klika. Yeah, so it should probably be Norhill, Klika, and Starbreeze in one boat, and then Jarzak and Anton in the other boat. Okay. So I'm sorry, it was Norhill and Klika in one boat, and then Anton, Jarzak, and Starbreeze? No, no Starbreeze is with Klika and Norhill. Yeah, Starbreeze is always with Klika because Klika is small. So whichever one is three is one with Klika in it. I think he's <clears> always with Norhill because Norhill secretly likes him. <laughs> that too. He's Norhill secretly is dead. Damn it. I don't see how that's physically possible. Neither did his mom. Oh King of the Norhill. Anyway. I mean, Dan, um, so said, Dan said he was half elven. He didn't say the other half was dwarf. He's a short and squat. <laughs> <laughs> With pointy ears and long hair. Like little Jack Black wearing pointy ears. <laughs> like, my buddy. <laughs> Damn it, Starbreeze. What can't you do? I can't give up on my dad or my dreams. <laughs> well, turns out if Norhill dies, Anthony, you are cursed to play Starbreeze, your illegitimate son. Oh, uh, okay, I'll take it. Anyway, okay, so uh, of the boats, you guys will be able to push them through the little cagey spot right here. Um, so you can only fit one boat through at a time. So which boat's going first? The Norhill Express or the uh, Jarzak Cruiser? I think it's going to be the Norhill Express. Yeah, Norhill Express. Yeehaw! is busy painting it on the side. All right, so that the three of you guys unhitch it from the post, untying the rope and start to push it through. Uh, but as you move the gate, you can tell very quickly that there is sort of like a, a locking mechanism on the gate, and it seems to be hooked up to like a jingling bell. Uh, can Norhill reach the bell from the boat? I, I, I couldn't tell what that uh, meant. Was that a yes or a no? Oh, yeah, yeah, it is. I'm just saying that, like, being in the boat, it would be impossible for you to be able to touch the little jingly thing. What you'd have to do is get it from the pier. So the question is, are you going to try to grab it while they're already on the boat and pushing through? So if I can reach the bell from the pier, so before mm -hmm. even casting off, I could potentially reach the bell? Right. The bell goes off when the door opens. So when the boat's going through it'll make the jingle. So you'll be outside of the boat on the pier, holding the bell, pushing the boat through, not in the boat. All right, uh, how is the bell attached? It's fastened on with a few bolts. Again, it looks like this might have been like a shopkeeper's doorbell kind of deal. And then somebody just fastened this to this gate. So it's like held on with a few bolts. Could I hold it with mage hand? Inside, uh, yeah, or I was just going to say, can Norhill potentially like reach inside? Uh, holding the clapper of the bell and just rip it off. Yeah, either one will work. So which one will the it Holding be? it with mage hand seems like it's going to have a lot, a little less risk to life and limb. Imagine. Just accidentally jingle the bell. Okay. Um, okay, so with that, click of mage hands it, and the three of you guys drift your little boat uh, down the tunnel of love. Um... 
So uh, the other thing I'll say is because you guys have been kind of plotting this out and stepping around in here, you guys are definitely making a little bit of some ambient noise stepping around, you know, hopping in boats and whatnot. Uh, and yeah, the sound does kind of travel as well as the lapping wave sound inside of this little grotto-y kind of tunnel. Um, could I have, uh, oh yeah. And since you're doing the mage hand, are you going to hold it for Anton and Jarzak to get through as well? Mm-hmm. Okay, so as the two boats begin to slide through here into this little section, um, you guys can see as it goes around a bend that there is, uh, how do I want to say this, a few boats that are parked over on that side of it as well. There's enough room for you guys to park your boats as well as an extra boat. Um, but what's most important that you guys can see is on the icy landing on the other side, uh, there seems to be a large pile of like wood that's built up like something of like a fortification. It doesn't go up to the ceiling at all. It's like a Jersey barrier of wood. The more alarming thing about it, however, is it looks like there's also a ballista resting upon this and aimed square down this bend of the tunnel. So as Norhill and Starbreeze and Klika go around the bend, you guys begin to see this in the distance. And from what it looks like, again, judging by the torchlight and all that stuff, this is probably a manned area, and it seems like there's probably somebody on watch, but you guys catch it for like the first split second. So what would you three like to do? Uh, is there anyone like actively at uh, the ballista like it could be fired at any second? Not that you can see, but there's definitely a bolt loaded into it. It looks like the bolt on it looks like they may have ran out a few of the original bolts for it. And this looks like a fire poker that they've like fastened to a wooden rod. Okay. Um, Are there any uh, blankets or anything else in our boat? No. Okay. They're pretty empty. The only thing in here is like a spare rope. Perfect. Well, uh, so unless somebody can attack, Norhill is going to give uh, Starbreeze the ore uh, and be up in the front of the boat with his shield in an attempt to uh, put himself between the party and the ballista bolt. Justin. As you guys very, very quietly just like lapping waves going down this little tunnel. You guys see the ballast unloaded with the bolt, and all of a sudden Jarzak jumps up in the front, like Judas Prince, and just holds up the shield as you guys silently and slowly drift towards it. <laughs> something about that image is really funny to me. Um, what, what were you gonna were you gonna say something to uh Klika? Uh, nope. All right. And so with that, the trio drift lazily down this little section of river. And as Anton and Jarzak come around the bend, um, you guys can see uh, this wooden structure over here as well. Uh, but all of a sudden, as Norhill had been prepared for, a single goblin head pops up behind the structure over there, the ballista, and a series of like three other heads pop out. And you guys can hear one of them yell out in a shrill goblin tone, Briark, Briark. And with that, uh, battle commences. So let's go ahead and roll for initiative. Oh, good. As, our, as our little goblin friends get the uh, surprise round on you. Ah, good, good, good. Norhill got a one. 
been made to. Uh, Starbreeze got a, a 10, and the Goblins got a 7. Clicker got a 22. Damn. Kintan got a 6. Pretty well. Ooh. What about Jarzak? What about Jarzak? Who's Jarzak? That's a good question. Wait, 16? what did Jarzak? Okay. Um, yeah, okay. So in that case, it's going to go uh, Klika, Jarzak, Starbreeze, Anton, Goblins, Norhill, right? Sounds right. I'll do it for me. So, Klinko, you're top of the round. Uh, but because it's a surprise round, the goblins fire off the bolt, and it goes flying towards Norhill with the shield. You got the shield up, and of course... Okay. Uh, what's your armor class, Norhill? 20. Um, and because you were uh, set up with your defensive pose, it's not going to be at advantage... I'm going to say because we'll say that you took the dodge action essentially. So I got 20 on the dot. So that the bolt goes flying through. It decks you with the shield up. Holy. Okay. It might've slightly broken your arm dealing uh, 20 points of damage as it sunders into you and knocks you guys back on the boat. And the three of you, even though Klika is small, the boat begins to wiggle back and forth pretty brutally. Um, seems like if you guys were to be shaken up much more than this, one of you might fall in. So Klika, as you drift lazily towards it, as the last movement anybody had was pushing you guys towards it, the boat lazily drifts forward about 20 feet away from the wooden structure. So what would you like to do? Hmm... Clicker will just pull out Flicker and hang out. Take the dodge action, I suppose. As you guys slowly drift towards it. Sure. You could also spend your move action to, to push forward with the oars and get there by the end of uh, this round. Sure. Let's do that. No, I want to take the... Mm, that's, can Starbreeze do that? I mean, Will Starbreeze do that? Him. He has the no. ore. In the last order in Orville Gaeth was Starbreeze take the ore. Right, so Starbreeze with ore on his turn will do just that. So in that case, Klika can dodge away. Yeah, and I'll move up to take Norhill's position after he got knocked back. Okay. Um, and now it goes to Jarzak. So your boat is uh, 30 feet away from the uh, wooden structure there. Okay. Um, I'm going to pull out my shield and dodge for now. Okay. There's like the one time you can't close in on melee, you decide to dodge instead of using Eldritch Blast. This is incredible. Yep, it has, it's done like a max of like eight damage before. It's not. I, I know, but like you've been in like melee range and fell back to do it before. It's just good. All right. I'll also say these are just goblins. Like they don't look particularly tough or anything like that. So for what is you might be able to just kill one with one shot. 
Yeah, but you know, they 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 they, they did break Norhill's arm with a fire poker, so you want to ballast the and for what it's worth, from what you can tell Norhill with your military expertise, this ballista does not look to be made from goblins, and this looks like it may have been pilfered from the raid on Fort Evergreen. So Yeah, either that or I assume they found it in uh the big fort that we're trying to attack, whose name I can't remember. Evergreen? Yeah. No, the actual thing the yeah. The, the plate. Stormreach Peak? That's where they are. Yeah, that's what we're... Uh, yeah, never mind. It's fine. We all understand. <laughs> Wait, hold on. All right. So, Jarzak, you are just dodging? Yep. Okay. Uh, and then now it goes to Starbreeze, who pushes... And your boat getting a second little wind of life here. He spends his whole move to double dash, basically pushing you guys up until it slams into the icy uh, little landing here. Uh, The landing itself is about 15 to 20 feet wide. It looks like it goes back about 15 or so feet. So it's like kind of like a square space right here. Everyone, you can see now that you've landed, uh, there's a stairwell that arcs up and goes up around a bend. Um, But yeah, this landing over here, it looks like there's probably about five goblins here in total. Um, but now that you're nice and close, they all look to be armed with crossbows. Um, and it does look like the ballista has additional in- ammunition. Um, the fortification does not go completely across and there's a small little gateway that you can like kind of squeeze through to get up behind it. Um, but yeah, okay. And now it goes to Anton. What would you like to do? I, I don't know if casting any... I'm just, I, I guess to get a better idea, what is like the inside geography of this place? Like, if I cast a fire spell, like, is it is this like all ice? And it's going to get really messed up? Or are we like more in stone? No, it's ice. This is sort of like the icebergy underbottom of the place. As if... The water beneath you, for what it looks like, may be heated from some sort of like underwater vent somewhere, as if maybe the mountain itself has like a warm gas that kind of flows up to it. So this is sort of like the steam that rises and freezes. So this is almost like this like weird frozen chunk of like a giant icy spire that rises up. And the yeah, so the walls down here all made out of ice. So I guess to answer your question, if you shot a fireball into that little encampment, yeah, the walls will probably melt a little bit. Not too bad. It does look like, from what you guys can tell that are closer up, that it starts to like actually climb into the stonework, though. This is sort of like the icy... Again, it's like a frozen lake, you know what I mean? So like you guys are technically in like the frozen cavern, but once you actually go up into like the mountainous part of it, you know what I mean? Like the stairs look stone. But yeah, so what would you like to do, Anton? I'm I'm just afraid of shooting like I like fire up in here. I don't know how much it'll like disrupt like being at the base of everything, how how much will disrupt it disrupt everything above us. You know? Not like that. The the ceiling's not gonna collapse or something like that. Oh. 
If that's what your fear was, I promise you that's, that's not going to happen. That's what fear was, yeah. I was like, is this going to... That would be pretty fucking funny. Fireball, the mountain collapses in on itself and kills the bard. But like, at least I'm Dendrith is probably dead. And Dendrith just like flying around with Sasquatch like, whoa, did you hear that? Sasquatch is like, nah, man, nah. So yeah, what you got, Anton? Could I use control water to like flood their area? Sure. Yeah, by all means, what if you want to. What do you guys to. think? I just flood them. We're fairly safe in our boats. Because they could, you can cause water. Level of all standing water in the area to rise as much as twenty feet. Terrifying. You guys are already kind of like squeezed into this little tunnel. So if you raise the water level, you and yeah. are going to get like pressed to the ceiling. Mm. If you choose an area of water, of water, instead you. Because all their wooden equipment is just going to start to fucking float, so they're not going to be able to do much with it. I know. I think that might be kind of cool, though. I don't disagree. I mean, uh, you and Jarzak will have enough room. You'll literally like, raise us up on like a huge wave and we float right over their fortifications. Yeah, fuck <laughs> it. I'm going to do that. I think that'll be kind of fun. <laughs> okay. So what does that look like? Do you pray to Ira now? Um, shit, maybe he will. Yeah. You can ask Ira for a blessing. What? Get your fireballs from daddy. Get your tsunami weight from mom. Yeah. Tsunami mommy. All right. So I guess he's he's kind of mumbling to himself. He's like, Ira, I don't know if you could sense us here so far from your home, but water may help us this day. Can you help us escape our foes? And then he uses that as like an attempt to raise the water and do just okay. that. And with that, the waters slowly begin to, to raise around you as you notice the ceiling getting a lot closer to your heads as Jarzak, who's standing... I mean, I don't know if he was... I mean, he was ducking and co- ducking for cover, but the ceiling begins to like kind of get close to pushing on his head and his back. So I imagine you and Jarzak have to kind of like crouch as you get yeah. closer and closer to the ceiling. So my question is, would you like to go prone while you're in the boat and have it go like as high up as it physically can? This will go up above the fortifications and flood that camp over there. Or you can go up just high enough that you guys are like crouching, in which case it'll just cause like knee high water and movement difficulties for the goblins. Which one do you no, want to do? This, all the way? or I'm, I'm going all the way just because this is a powerful spell and I'm like, might as well. Even though it's very cruel death. Jarzak will lay down first. This is like Titanic. (laughs) Didn't have to tell him twice. But okay, so with that, the waters rise and the encampment begins to flood with freezing, icy cold water. The goblins begin to shriek amongst themselves and begin to yell out for help and say, run for cover, as they apparently plan on running up the stairs instead. Um, And it's actually their turn. So as the camp begins to fill with water, and you guys' boat is going to be right over near where their entrance is. Klinka in the front, as well as Norhill and Starbreeze. I'll give a tip, both of you two. You get a tax of opportunity as the camp of five of them begin to run for their lives at half speed. Or I guess at this point, swim. Does an 18 hit? 
Yeah. Uh, does a 13 hit? Mm, the 13? Yes. It's hard to block when you ain't got a shield. 13 damage from Klika to one of them. Uh, 16 damage from Norhill to one of them. Okay, so you both kill one as they try swimming by. Just bonk them on the head as they go swimming by. Um, and with that, the other ones that are left, as they like see the other two move, get smacked on the head and stop, shivering and in panic, they look to you guys frantically. Um, yeah, okay. I just rolled for morale check, and I got double fumbles. I don't know how that's possible. But with that, they immediately throw their little goblin hands up, trembling in the cold of the water and look towards Kliga and in Goblin just beg for mercy. Okay. Kliga will tell Anton to stop raising the water. Anton, they're giving up. So I think you should stop. So you want me to just leave the water where it is or lower it? Probably put it back down. It's really cold. Right, he does that. He, he puts it back down. I love how, like, again, the boat is to the ceiling, so you just hear like the muffled, like she's basically in a closet. I mean, Anton's just like, "Are you lower to raise it?" Like we said, lower, raise, no, lower, and <laughs> just the water keeps going up. Like, no, no, no. But okay, yeah. Uh, well, as the boat floats up to the ceiling and gets closed in there, it gets nice and dark. Uh, Jarzak, you begin to feel an itching sensation in the back here. <laughs> no, just no. I'm like, is claustrophobia like real? <laughs> he appears in the boat, pressed against the ceiling. <laughs> What's up? But, um... <laughs> Come here often. <laughs> it's just Anton tickling you. Fucking deceiver um, smoking a cigarette. <laughs> so there's a single cockroach on the ground just smoking his hey. Um, but with that, uh the water begins to lower. The well, I guess that's assuming combat's over. You're accepting just full on mercy on these guys, lowering the water. This is a fairly cruel thing. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. You did it. I know. <laughs> Yeah, that's why when they gave up, Click was like, yeah, I guess we don't need to drown them then. I mean, they were swimming towards stairwell. They're good. They would have made it. When have when has anything bad happened to anybody walking up a mysterious tunneled stairwell? That's definitely not where we ran into our first falling thing trap. And Norhill's never forgotten the falling thing trap. Jar <laughs> you know, Jack's never gotten gone first again either. <laughs> Um, and so with that, the water levels lower, the goblins over here are not armed, and they turn to you guys, freezing cold and shivering, looking at the torch, which nearly got snuffed from the raising water, and both of them, like, cling towards the, uh, towards that, uh, looking for any sort of dry anythings that they can wrap themselves up with, but they, shivering and in very clear agony, look to you guys, and they say, and goblin, what are you here for? Um, we're coming up to kill Indendereth. <laughs> and they look, they look to each other panicked and have like this. I think it wasn't prepared to lie, so she just. 
they they have a look of panic on their face for a second and they grin to each other wildly and they start to point up the stairwell and nod madly um is your chiefess around I just kind of raise her eyebrows your what uh Rakrata? oh and then with that, they start nodding. And one of them says, she would love to meet with you. I'm sure there's much to discuss. And where is she? And they point up the stairs. Okay. Um, are you guys just going to, like, hang out here? And they say, we are much too cold. We need to go up top, get something warm. We'll tell them that you are friends. Otherwise, when they see you coming... They'll attack. Why don't why don't we go with you then? Yeah, why don't you tell me about your flaw, Cleco? What's your flaw again? Uh, is it that I'm too trusting? Who else speaks goblin anyway? Uh, oh. He doesn't have a clue. Uh, my flaws are won't admit fault or take blame. Easily distracted and short-sighted. Poor concept of time. Very well. Well, with that, the uh, goblins just say they'll go up ahead and tell them that you're coming and that you're not foes and that you're here to slay their captor. Okay. Well, that sounds good, I guess. We're probably not going to be that far behind you. I don't think we have a lot to do down here. They they hold up their hands, at least the one that was talking before, and says, there are dozens of goblins up there. If we don't warn them, they will attack. It will be overwhelming odds. And if you're going to fight the dragon, we can't have you, we can't set off the alarm. You need to wait here. Um, are you going to give us a signal when it's safe or come and get us? And then one of them looks at the other one and says, I'll whistle. Okay. Well, that sounds good. Uh, so you, you guys can have um, these two. Well, they're like coats, I guess. But Klika has them for traveling in the cold. And she gives them some warm clothes. You're like, these are wombats. Yeah, yeah. It's... It hands them each a live wombat. <laughs> they poop cubes. <laughs> but um, Clicus had these bad boys for like well a while. Gonna miss them. The, that wombat seen some things, but um, dangerous to go on. Take this. Yeah. It's like that fourth edition commercial where there was the uh, the gnome got reintroduced. And they had a barbarian, and he had the uh, the badger named Francis. It's like it's Francis. Yeah, I was thinking that exact thing. It's like old internet now. But um, with that, they nod, and all three of them scuttle up the stairs at full speed, running and slipping and falling as they do with their now slick and sort of frozen feet. And once they get up to the top, what would you guys like to do? The stairwell looks like it arcs up about thirty or so feet. Wait, why are we letting them go? We're giving them an opportunity to warn the enemy. Oh, they're going to tell the other goblins that we're here to kill the dragon so that we can go by without having to fight them. And you believe them? Uh, yes. Click avoids to them as they're leaving. 
as Jarzak and Anton's boat slowly drifts over <laughs> to where you guys are. Can I also get a perception check from everybody as they watch the goblins run up? Yeah. Uh, Norhill is going to walk up to where the ballista is and load it just in case. 19. Very good. Uh, 18 perception. Okay. Clicky got, got a six. Okay. So Jarzak and Norhill, as Norhill loads up the crossbow, I mean, the ballista, and Jarzak steps off the boat and looks up the stairs. You two can see with some degree of confidence that above the like the stairwell's like mouth along the top half of it there seems to be a like a series of like fence post spikes as if maybe a portcullis is supposed to drop from above but it looks like it's sort of frozen over as if either to conceal it or it's just the nature of time that it's like that but looking at the construction around here it looks like they would have had to put that in manually so whatever that's worth I mean, if well, you unskilled we, labor, probably there's the price chart right in the player's handbook for something like that. Norhill, if you're worried about it, we can just go after them. I mean, but they said, yeah, they, whist- they, said they whistle when it was all safe. And potentially walk into an ambush, that is also not a good idea. If they're actually going to come back, uh, they'll come back. And if not, well, if we wait for them long enough, eventually they'll get bored and come looking. What does Jarzak think about that portcullis that he sees? And you know what a portcullis is, right? Everybody? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Also, it seems like they fortified the staircase. With with what? Uh, they they've arranged portcullis, though how well it works, I can't tell from here. Oh, do we want to put something under it so if it they try and lock us down here, it doesn't you know do that? What's it made of? Wood, right? Uh, from what it looks like, from where you guys are, it might actually be iron bars. Like this could have been like a prison gate that somebody stole and just fashioned it to function like a portcullis. Like, it looks like it's cast iron that's been, like, shaped and fit. Well, we seem to have gotten stuck in uh, an undesirable position. is going to just push a box under the portcullis. Is the wooden box? I guess so. That's all Cleek is going to be able to move. At least she tried. <laughs> oh, with that, you guys can hear the sounds of... Oh, okay. Well, I guess they're all done, so we can go up now. All right, uh, before he goes, Norhill's going to take the one ballista bolt that he loaded and the rest of them and just chuck them into the water so that they can't use it. All right. I, I like to imagine that Norhill did that thing where people like swear another breath, but it's just like, <laughs> <laughs> all right, 
just so disgruntled and upset about the situation, just dumping the ballast of bolts in the water. One of them's just like a mannequin leg with a spike jutting out of it. Like, how did they think this was going to fly? <laughs> um, okay, so what would you guys like to do? The stairs look to be about 10 feet wide at the widest. So two people could fit shoulder to shoulder. Uh, Norhill's going to go up first and uh, check uh, every step ahead of him, perhaps. With the hook hammer uh, every step of the way. All right. So you're going by yourself or are you going with somebody next to you? I think he's going to go up with Norhill. If somebody wants to be next to me, they can be. Okay. Is anybody else following you or are you guys just going up by yourselves? Well, for Anton's sake, can he tell if there's anything else in this area that, like, maybe if they could have sent another party through to follow them in or hidden No, it spaces? looks like this is, like, this is, like, the back door. There's nothing to be seen on the walls or anything like that. Again, this part looks like it's the carved out of ice part. But once you start going up the stairs, that's where it looks like there might be hijinks. So if somebody was going to creep up on you, they're either hiding under the water somehow or they have a speedboat. Just to be sure, neither Anton or Jarzak has a teleportation ability, correct? Correct. Okay, cool. Just Are there any enemies around? Nope. Yeah. Not that you can see. I mean, Other than your friendly goblins, you whistle. I can fly. Cool. Are you guys coming up on the stairs or just hanging out? Yeah, I'll come up on the stairs. I'll come up. Where's Starbreeze? Starbreeze is just hanging out waiting for direction from Daddy Norhill. Uh, uh, Starbreeze should uh, hang back. Give us a couple of minutes and we'll signal when it's safe. With that, he nods and taking Klika's advice for putting that one box there, he begins to move some of the, like the wooden rig and trying to like just load more things in that space, <laughs> looking up cautiously at the metal spiked portcullis and just like keep sliding things while keeping his eyeballs peeled on it. Like it gives um, him a big thumbs up. <laughs> he's impressed the digitation to a larger thumb. He's like, mm-hmm. um, okay. But as the party begin to maneuver their way up, uh, about 10 or so feet up this like 30 foot stairwell um, a couple of grunts and the sound of screeching metal on stone uh, alarms the senses as two big metal cages are slammed at the mouth of the upstairs where you guys can see plenty of torchlight and everything a couple of hulking bugbears seem to have shoved these two things aside and once they've done so what appears to be like sheet metal is pulled from the front of either of these two parts. And as the portcullis slams down behind you guys, right by Starbreeze, it (laughs) shatters through the wood and breaks most of it. It's not perfectly sealed to the ground, but it's on the ground. And Starbreeze lets out a yelp. But as the sheet metal screeches as it's pulled across, you guys see within a couple of yetis that seem to be chained at the neck and at the arms to these cages, and bugbears and goblins on the other side begin to hoot and holler and whoop as the chains are released and a couple of blood-soaked yetis seem to start wheeling towards you guys down the stairs. So let's roll for initiative as the abominable yeti brigade come bumbling down. 
Oh no, there's no ESAM scratch. You're coming. <laughs> uh, tell me, like, are, are, are they about 10 footers? That's going to be about a 10 footer. So, Sam Squamches uh, have a 10, and Starbreeze has a 5. And Norhill got a 16. Okay. You got a 17. Okay. So, click on Norhill. Sam Squam, Starbreeze. What about Anton and Jarzak? Jarzak got an 8. Yep. Anton got a 12. Okay. So, let's see. My memory for initiative tonight is not doing too great. So, it's Kliga, Norhill, Anton, Sam Squamsh, Jarzak, Starbreeze. Very well. Okay. So, Kliga, you're up. Okay. I will, I guess... Hmm. These yetis are like eight to ten feet tall. It's hard to tell from how they're hunched, but one thing you can tell from their beady little red eyes is they have like a leering gaze that even when you look up at them, whether it's just a sense of fear that makes your blood run cold or some sort of magic force behind the yeti's glare, something about looking at them seems to freak you out a bit. You can actually roll a nature check if you'd like to, Jarzak. Maybe for some reason there's yetis on Gorgaret. Damn lava yetis. <laughs> and Gorgara could be cold in places, you don't know. It's just this nice ski slope where all the yetis hang out. <laughs> they make snow. Uh 12. Okay. I'll definitely say from what you've heard of Yetis, somehow Yetis have an ability to freeze people. You've just heard random tales of this, I guess, in Nature Weekly. Cool. Okay, Clico will cast <laughs> Shadow Blade at the second level. And then just gonna run up and green flame blade one of them, twin spell it so she can hit them both. Okay. Great. That's a 10 on the first one and an 11 on the second. So Clico's done her turn. Those are the attack rolls? Yeah. Okay. Um, so what I'll say um, is as you whip the green flame blade across, um, you can see their eyes, like when they see the flame, they go like full on scared monkey mode. Like they just like, they see fire and they're like, oh, oh no. So they definitely look a bit mortified by even the threat of the fire coming their way. Um, but yeah. Okay. So now it goes to Norhill, 16. Uh, Norhill is going. So we're still on the stairs, right? The entire area is just stairs. Okay. Uh, and how many Yetis fit on the stairs? Like, are there two of them or just one? Just two. Okay. I mean, can both of them, you know, stand next to each other and uh, get swings, or is there only room for one? Yeah, up at the top where they're locked in their little metal cabinet, there's room for the two of them. But if they try to come down the stairs, they're going to have to squeeze. One at a time. All right. Um, well, Norhill's going to run up next to Clico and uh, start swinging at the Yetis. Okay. And again, there's enough fresh caked blood on these guys to look like they've been eating something or someone. All right. Uh, that's a 21 on the first attack and a 17 on the second. Okay. Old hit.
so that's going to be 27 points of magical piercing and lightning damage. Okay, so one of them looks pretty bloodied as you run up and just chuck it in the chest with the freaking pig. That's so it's, brutal. Uh, it's just a normal attack, so. Oh, good. I know he'll just go to run up like, Rah! running up the stairs. Exactly. Getting winded halfway up. And More then what about the second attack? Oh, no, that was, uh, I rolled combined damage for both attacks. Okay, so instead you bloodied him with two kachucks to the chest. Okay, and now it goes to Anton, third in initiative. So I was originally going to use Flaming Spear and try to scare the back in the other direction. <laughs> Basically with a giant fire like bowling ball. But I don't think I can do that with Klika and Norhill in the way. Yeah, I mean, did you say you're going to try to scare them in the other direction? Back to where they came. They are trapped in here with you. There's no way I could scare. Like, are they strong enough theoretically where they can get back through like the metal bars and shit? That's what I was gonna say. I mean, if they're scared enough, they might be able to just shove the shit behind them over and make a run for it. That's what I'm hoping for. That's what I wanted. See if he can yell out, get Norhill and Klika's attention to back away so we can try to spook him. Scooby-Doo style. I mean, you can prepare an action and just say once they move out of the way, you could drop the bowling ball and roll it up the stairs at him. Yeah, so I guess what Norhill's going to do and, and, and oh, just, what Anthony's going to do, I think, he'll, I think he'll get his hands ready with like a small flaming ball like forming and it's getting bigger and bigger. He's like, Klika, Norhill! Get out of the way. I'm going to get him out of here quick. Yeah, I'm going to do some Scooby-Doo shit. <laughs> like, what does that mean? Starbreeze just has a weird encyclopedic knowledge of Scooby-Doo. <laughs> see him, like, the whole, like, yoinks, <laughs> and then they go up the stairs. They're little silhouettes and everything. That would be Imagine. a pretty good roll on his bardic knowledge check to know our pop culture in the real world. <laughs> Look, Starbreeze had to be good at something, and it sure as fuck wasn't climbing. But who do you think is going to be under the Yeti costume when we pull the mask off? That's the real question. Good-ass question. Queen Garavar. (laughs) (laughs) And the Herald of Steel. Just pull the other one off. (laughs) Like, this is what you guys were planning? Like, yes, we're going to open up a ski slope on the top of the mountain and make money. Damn. Um, okay, and so with that, uh, now it goes to the Yeti's turn, and the Yeti's, seeing the flame blade go away, in a frightful rage, begin to swing in on Kalika, um, seeing her as the uh, the one with the, the fire. Um, so, three attacks on Kalika, and one attack in on uh, Norhill. Um, uh, but before... attack on Kalika is at disadvantage. Okay. But I also get a constitution saving throw from both of you two. Uh, 26. 19. Okay. Both of the Yetis, seeing their opportunities very limited, try to petrify you guys and like freeze your blood by staring at you as their eyeballs begin to like irradiate like some sort of like a glowing white hum. And when that doesn't work, they just start going ape shit and slashing and swinging. So first attack on Kleek at disadvantage. And that is... 
Uh, only a 13. That's a mess. And then the last attacks on Klika. Um, one of them. Oh, actually, I got a 21 and a 24. Okay, I will cast shield. And does that block both? Yeah. All right. So with that, the magical shield comes up as they start just swinging orangutan arms at you. And all of them are blocked. Um, and then the one swing in on Norhill. I got a fumble. He accidentally slaps the other Yeti in the face. <laughs> and all of a sudden you hear that. Um, and so now it goes to Jarzak. Okay. What do you have um, for us? Am I able to get to base contact with them? No. Because the stairs are too packed, you'd have to stand behind either Cleekland or Norhill. Hmm. Okay, I'll cast Eldritch Blast. On the wounded one on the left or the one that's not wounded on the right? Wounded one. All right. I smell a crit. I'll still probably only do two damage with it. A 17 to hit? I'll say that. Yes, it's a hit. And a 23 to hit. Okay, so go ahead and drop both of them, which are definitely going to be more than one and two. Uh, Wow, huge. Uh, One and a four, so. Enormous. A five damage. This is is why I don't do this. Did a quarter of your maximum damage, big dumpers. Okay, no. uh, I'll just hold my shield up. Okay. So that, yeah, the dark energy goes wisping through and nails the one that slapped the other one on the head, shoots him uh, in the back of the head. He looks over his shoulder. And I hold my shield up to block my, my face so they can't see my eyes. Very well, good thinking. And so that ends the round and now I it goes to Klika. Um... You know, I mean, there's always a trade-off. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> So now it goes to Klika. Klika will dodge and then bonus action, disengage and step back for uh, Anton to do her to do his thing. Okay. Uh, Norhill will action disengage and go stand next to Klika. Okay. And so now Norhill, I mean, sorry, Anton has the floor. Yeah, Anton's going to send the flaming spear forward. And anyone that, so like the way it works is any creature that ends its turn within five feet of the sphere must make a dex saving throw. Okay. Um, okay, so it just goes flying right up to it and parks right in front of them so they have nowhere to go except for backwards. Back the cave. Yeah. Okay. Dang. Okay, and so with that, uh, now it goes to them, if that's your whole turn, as you guys all cower towards the back end of the stairs, <laughs> lob yep. the fireball up the stairs. Even Jarzak's hiding behind the shield the whole time. I think that's kind of funny now in retrospect. Um, but yeah, the flaming sphere goes rolling up the hill towards them up the stairs, and both of them, eyes ablaze in terror, uh, turn around and start to shake at the metal cages, and you guys can hear the goblins and bugbears on the other side begin to like, uh-oh, as the cage starts rattling and shaking. And between the two of them, with their strength bonuses, the bugbears on the other side try to hold it in place to keep it from tipping over. And they are overrun as the yetis push it over. 
and like knock them aside and uh, with the rest of their movement, just go flying into the room behind it and just start running around screeching in a Yeti tone that I would imagine is pretty otherworldly sounding, like just shrieking orangutan noises, you know what I mean? Mixed with like a bear. But yeah, they just go running into that room and it is just raw chaos on the other side as the flaming sphere just sits atop the stairs, <laughs> smoldering and smoking. Now we perform the march of the flaming sphere and just follow it in. <laughs> this is so cruel. I mean, for what it's worth, Darzak, you're up. Uh, There's two prone bugbears up at the top. Hey, come on, it's calling your name. Yeah, sure. Oh, can I get to them? Uh, yeah. Okay, I will attack it. Bonus action, you could do that too. Uh, I'll save my bonus action. Okay. For nothing. Oh. <laughs> um, Pressing. What's happening right now? Uh, and I'm gonna, yeah. I'll, <laughs> I'll attack one of the prone ones. Okay, so once you get up to the top of the stairs, uh, just to give kind of like the layout for what you guys have up here, uh, it, the room itself is sort of like a shaped like a rectangle. Um, there seems to be a pathway directly to your right um, as the rectangle is kind of like evenly spaced on either side of you. The room itself looks like it's about maybe 100 feet wide and about... 80 feet back and this room is filled with rocks and like stones stalagmites and stalactites there's sheets of ice and frozen bits all over but this is set up like a barracks like this is like an encampment it looks like in total in here there might be somewhere around 50 goblins sort of set up and it looks like the majority of them are unarmed and unarmored um and the bugbears sitting underneath the uh, metal cage here look pretty uh, worse for wear but from what you can see in the the shape of the room too to your right you can also see something of like almost like a stone balcony that kind of overlooks this chamber and that's about 10 feet up the uh, passageway that I mentioned before to the right is sort of shaped kind of like the uh, cavernous kind of shape that I've talked about before like the tunnel it's about 10 feet wide at the widest so did you want to just attack the ones that are laying on the ground uh yeah Radio. Um, and for what it's worth, um, I can't remember. Have you guys fought bugbears before? We did. I don't remember. I don't think so. I don't think so. I think this might be our first bugbear running. But the from your experiences, might have been bugbears. Now that I think of it. The what? The werebores. Uh, they might have been bugbears. I'm not sorry. Oh, they were orcs. Right. Oh. Right, from Gorgir. But no, for whatever it's worth. He had a tribe of bugbears, so I do remember that. Anthony's right. Right, it was bugbears. Yeah, so for what it's worth, these bugbears look more brutish and stronger than the ones you had faced before, even though they were werebore. So these guys look tough and very healthy. So with that in mind, uh, go 18, ahead, Jonesak. 18 to hit. That's good. And a 23. And these are these were at advantage, right? Yep. Okay. So by all means. What are you using to attack them anyway? Uh my longsword, so I'll, I'll put away the shield. Okie dokie. 
18 damage on the first hit. Holy shit. And 23 on the second. 23, you said? Yeah. And that's on the first one? Uh, 18 and 23. Two hits. Is that on the same guy? Yeah. Okay, so you kill him. Okay. Uh, or death, but I feel like that makes sense. Jarzak <laughs> would be the one to have this guy pressed under a cage and just like stab him twice and be like, next. Um, I'm gonna use my special ability. And that is? A curse specter. When you slay a humanoid, they're humanoids, right? Uh, are there humanoids in this? I think in this yeah. edition, yeah, they're all considered humanoids, right? Uh, so you can cause its spirit to raise uh, as a specter that gains plus four temp HP. Roll initiative for the specter, which has its own turns. It obeys your verbal command, gain a plus five bonus to its attack rolls, and remains until the end of your next long rest. Holy shit. It gets a plus five to whatever it was using before? Damn. Okay, I'll do the rolls for you, but well, it's it's Michael it's a different stat block. There's like a specter stat block you use for it. Mm, okay, 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 okay. In that case, I'll just pull that open. Um, but yeah, all right. So it's a specter plus the bonuses. Yes. Okay. I mean, if you have the specter uh, stuff already loaded and ready to go on your end, you can do that. I have it open right now in front of me. If you want me to do it for you instead. I, I do not have it in front of me, so if you want to do it, that's fine. And I'll just give it the command. Uh, yeah, attack. And I'll point to the other one on the ground. Okay. And because it has a different initiative, we'll say it shares initiative with Starbreeze. So technically it goes right now, if that's the end of your turn. Oh, am I? I'm on the like top of the stairs, right? Because I moved up the stairs to... Okay, I'm going to move down some so I don't see all these guys, bad guys anymore. Okay. Yeah, that's probably the safest <laughs> idea. Um, okay. Just so that we don't end up skipping a turn like we did in the last game. Right? I didn't skip anybody. Right? Like, I'm uh, like, nope. After that, that Frost Wyvern <laughs> thing's got me, uh, got me feeling bad. But, um, I mean, okay. after... So, well, technically, after... Norhill moved out of the way, it would have triggered Anton's prepared action rather than his actual action. So, right? Because well, that was his prepared. Oh, yeah, that's but then right. Immediately so technically... after it was his turn, right? Oh, yeah. Sorry about that, Anton. I guess you still have your actions too. Yeah, just the way it lined up, it seemed stairs? like it flowed, but like, yeah, they had the prepared. So, I think he would have just honestly just had the ball like. Roll around willy-nilly. Well, you would have to be able to see, and from where you're under the stairs, you probably wouldn't be able to see anything. Oh, uh, that's true. So I think you I just, just say to... roll straight forward. Yeah, but I feel like he'll at the same time go up the stairs to keep an eye on it. Look. Okay, yeah. so then in that case, as your move, you move to the top of the stairs, you can move it with direction now if you'd like to. Well, I think I try to, I kind of want to use the Yeti's panic to our advantage so just you try to use this as a way to like corral them. them toward the other like enemies but but at the same time making sure they don't come back down the stairs <laughs> you the benny hill theme music 
and just yeti shredding through goblins like ripping their <laughs> arms off and stuff <laughs> away from this bad orb the Starbreeze if i was gonna say Starbreeze is still on the other side of the portcullis he's just like are we still the good guys he's he's, he's the one playing the theme song <laughs> <laughs> So, so what does Anton phone? think about seeing Jarzak pull a specter out of this corpse? <laughs> that's, that's weird. That ain't natural. <laughs> I mean, Anton moved to the top of the stairs, so that means Jarzak ran up beside him, killed the one under Anton's feet, <laughs> and yep. then raised it, and then ran away. <laughs> uh, good like, luck. <laughs> and then... Then Anton, in a sense of alarm, seeing a specter rise from the dead body of the bugbear, the specter turns, still oppressed underneath, and begins to life drain the one next to it. So for what it's worth, Anton's getting quite the show right now. Anton begins to question his alignment. Um, so uh, with that, because this guy's incorporeal, he technically is able to just lift himself out from underneath the, the, like the cage, and when it starts to attack the bugbear next to it, didn't I get a bonus? Plus five, Plus five was it, to, to attack? Yep. Yep. Oh boy. And then was there a bonus to the saving throw that they have to beat? Mm, no. It just says plus five bonus to its attack rolls. And then bonus to temp HP, I think. Something like that. Plus four. Yep. Okay. Cool. So with that. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. So it starts life during the one trapped underneath. He gets two points away from maximum damage and just starts to slurp the life essence out of the one that was next to it. Very well. So that the one underneath the cage is bloodied as the specter begins to drain its life um, directly next to Anton. Uh, And so with that, now it goes to the top of the round as Starbreeze from the bottom of the stairs says, somebody help me lift this up. I can help, I promise. The guy completely ignores that and heads into the room. Uh, can she spot the goblins that she gave those clothes to? Because that makes them real easy to find. Yeah, I'll say just because they're wearing the clothes, they're part of a swarm of just like just a mob of goblins running around and shrieking, but you can see them in the mob. Click is going to wave at them. That's cruel. As, as the fireball chased Yetis chase after them. <laughs> Click is like, no, the world's got a weird way of working itself out, doesn't it? <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, is the uh, other bugbear still prone? Yeah, and half dead. Cool. Bazoop. Does an 18 hit? Sure does. It was at advantage, right? And that's 17 damage, and it's surrounded in booming energy. 17, you said? Yeah. Okay, it is very heartily wounded. Okay. And now it goes to... Did you have anything else you're going to do? I guess Clico will just keep moving in if that's pretty much everything they're doing. She'll take the majority of... of opportunity from the thing on the ground if that's how it'll be, but that's fine. Yeah, I mean, it technically does get the swing on you. Um, I don't think it's really considering doing this, but it's Isn't it quite a bit of a state eight? of panic right now. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, it just got, you know, drank by the ghost of its comrade and then got <laughs> stabbed. And then and then she stepped over him passing by as if nothing happened. As it's reached <laughs> and booming energy. Yeah, Klinger kind of just walked up to the top, took in the, <laughs> the situation, waved at those goblins, just stabbed downward with their blade and now keeping going. <laughs> She's kind of tired of this. Fair enough. And so, uh, yeah, very well. So now... Um, I guess in Goblin, I'll tell the bugbear, um, I probably wouldn't stand up if I were you, but that's your decision. And then you continue your movement into the room. Yeah. How much movement did you have left? How much movement did you ever have? Yeah, right. How, how, that's, that's up to you, Dan. Goblin moves 30, right? Yeah. Okay, so technically you only move an extra like 10 or so feet into the room. That's fine. Very well. And so, oh boy. Um, yeah, very well. Okay. Um, and now it goes to Norhill. All right. Uh, Norhill's going to walk up to the top of the stairs and finish the remaining hobgoblin. Oh, come on. You guys are so brutal. It's a bugbear. For the love of God, at least oh, get yeah, it sorry. right. Uh, well, I, I, I got like, a um, 27 to hit. So I wipe my feet off on him as I go. Uh, for 15 points of damage. Yeah, he's dead. All right. Um, I probably have even less movement left over than Klika. So uh, Norhill's going to be like a step behind her uh, to just survey what's going on in the room, which is complete chaos, it sounds like. Yeah, from where you're standing, it looks like there's only a couple more of those bugbears left. And then one big mob of goblins being chased by yetis that are being chased by a fireball. The room, again, is just a setup like a barracks. And from what it, you can see around here, I mean, it looks like they're making do. Maybe Norhill and Anton, maybe Anton being fueled by the rage pushing that ball of destruction didn't see it. But Norhill, with a moment after wiping the blood off of his weapon, uh, can see in the room that, like, at least Klika, Norhill, and Anton can all see this. And Jarzak's hot for a second. But this looks like destitute conditions. This looks like like under siege. Like they are making it work with the best of their ability. You know what I mean? Like this is not a comfortable living. They are all freezing cold and shaking. But now they're not as cold because there's a giant fireball heating up the whole place. So, I mean, you know. And they're getting a lot of cardio in. Really warming themselves yeah. up. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's almost like this ancient fortress built far away from anywhere. It doesn't exactly have a lot of good supply lines or, you know, places to farm or get food or wood for fires. Well, I, we, I imagine we thought this through. I imagine Indendorth was really kind on their marching, and we're like, "Oh, you guys take it easy. Take the nice, easy way up. Take it at your pace. Bring plenty of rations." And it definitely wasn't a forced march either. So, also a cold-blooded not. lizard. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a white dragon. <laughs> oh, so wait, you're saying that it was probably a horrible march up under threat of death the entire time, and this is a really terrible situation for them? I feel like a villainous dragon yet. I tried really hard in the side quest to make I'm Bindereth feel worth the title of being... A very mean adult dragon, you know? Had a few hundred years on this earth and really showing off just how brutal and stupid this thing is. <laughs> like, me take goblins to top a mountain. Go! It sure did. 
You sure <laughs> yep. did. We're there, buddy. But Best. Um, so now it goes to Anton uh, with his flaming ball of death. So the only thing I'll know is when that when that ball of death gets in five feet of them, anyone can take damage. So I'm just trying to think end of their turn near it. Yeah, so the way it reads, I think we could check this out. The way, it's, the way it talks is any creature that ends its turn within five feet of the sphere must make a dex saving throw. It either gets a full 2d6 of fire damage on a failed save or half on a successful save. Yeah, I mean, as far as I can tell, I mean, you're moving the ball after them and they're just running away from it. So it always seems like the ball is playing catch up. Got it. You know what I mean? Yeah, because they all just fall and have a speed. Yeah. I'm pretty sure you used to be able to knock it into people, but they changed it. So, yeah, they they changed a lot about flaming sphere. Yeah, yeah, you can you can like ram it into spell. a creature. You know, it's just my favorite spell anyway. I can't imagine why they would have changed things. It's kind of like Klika's dynamic combo, and they changed that. I just can't imagine why these things would have happened. It's like they just target things that are just. So much fun to use. You know, it's a great version of Flaming Sphere. Uh, the one from Diablo 2. I love that. I love pretty good. Stuff. But anyway, okay, sorry. So what is Anton going to do in the meantime? I don't know if there's much else he can do. I think he really just can only concentrate on that unless he thinks of, like, is there somewhere he wants to get them in the room specifically or, like, maybe yeah. some form of... I guess, okay, here's my question. Not to do a sidebar for combat while we're in the heart of combat, because I know that's kind of annoying to do, but so you guys are here to do what? Slay the dragon. At least take its blood. That was the description we got. Get the blood. Mm. So we decided not to cross the spooky, frosty ice bridge because... There were probably a lot of enemies up there. Okay, a little too direct, right? So we snuck in through the ass crack of the fortress, and now we have set off a flaming mob of Yeti fear, and all the goblins are running around shrieking in what could possibly be the downstairs level of the boss's chambers, right? I mean, yeah, so but that's what, that, that, that's what happens when they drop us into the Yeti rank or pit. I'm just saying that I'm like, I think whatever our plan was, they definitely know you're here. There's no way that like this is gone unnoticed. They're like, oh, the Yetis are back again. Like, oh no, did the flaming spear get out again? Like, yeah, it got out again. I told you not to way. feed them at the same time. <laughs> so, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what, though, if we do a good job in this combat, and we end up just you know uh, spanking these guys and the Yetis, that might make us look like a bigger threat than the dragon. We might get the rest of the goblins on our side. That's the goal. Just make even more noise. It's like dealing with a bear. Just bang the trash can lids together. And they'll be like, oh shit, this guy's got a point. I was just so hoping to have a bear. Have a chat with the uh, yeah, but you see, the problem before with we that got into combat. Making all the noise. It, yeah, it scares away the bear, but it attracts the interdimensional Sam Squanches. <laughs> the trash can lids. Very good. That's canon now. Trash can lids attract Sam Squanches. So, all right. Jarzak, were you saying something? Well, Clicka was. 
What was Cleco saying? No, Cleco wasn't saying anything. I I was saying that really the only goal going into this was to uh, sit down or try and have a chat with their chiefess before we got into like combat with the dragon. But it doesn't really matter one way or the other if that doesn't happen. Wait, do we want to make this an interrogation scene? In what way would we do like good like, cop, bad cop? Also, there's a man with a fucking just flamethrower chasing the suspect around getting interrogated. <laughs> well, yeah. like I'm trying to picture like getting them in a corner, having the sphere ready. I mean I mean which... we could probably do good cop, bad cop, light cop, cop, dark cop. So like that's true. I think that we might be beyond interrogations now because let's also not forget the spooky ghost. <laughs> yeah, where, does, I mean, where does the ghost fit into he, this plan? He, he, he plugged a high C sucker into that other hobgoblin or that bugbear, and it's just taking a sippy. You know, the sad part is, is I almost want to say that maybe just to make it even more like flavored and fitting to to Jarzak's whole backstory here, those shadowy ra- shadowy wraith like things. That's what Jarzak just summoned. That curse that we've seen with like Klinga and the blade <laughs> and everything. Anton just woke one of those up on his own control. That's that's what it is. That's officially canon now. I like it. Good. So I don't know if that changes Anton's mind about anything to see the spooky wraith thing show up again. And Jarzak's like, look, I can do it too. <laughs> it's like, have we learned nothing? No. No, no you see, from that fight, that, that's how Jarzak learned how to do that. Very good. So, Anton, um, would you like to do anything? I think what... No, I think Anton wants to try to find a way to, like, pause, like, the panic and try to get the <laughs> goblinoids' attention. Because they clearly tricked them. They lied to them. They I mean, weren't going to help so them shallow. at all. What? I mean, I know you were talking before about, like, wanting to, like, do interrogation stuff. But I'm like, you could literally yell at them and ask them something. The There's got to be some that speak goblin. common. I can't... Oh, you think some of them can speak common? I mean, as the dungeon master, there's a pretty good chance some of them do. Don't forget that, like, the Dedraka, like, I mean, they are civilized goblins, or at least were at one point, and we're friends of the humans uh, enough. Ten, so I'm like... 10 and 50 goblins speak common, so it's just... Everybody knows. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's just <laughs> one of those statistics. I found that on a Snapple cap. <laughs> nice. Just so one in five what... goblins speaks common. Think watching them run around until trying to find them in a spot that's more of like a corner. Oh, we could really sense that they're like their level of fear is really taking them on. He kind of pauses the spear and he just yells out for their attention and says, Where is your shaman? Something about something along those lines. Okay. And as you shout it out, they all just look around shrieking and in terror. Is that the end of your turn? Uh, what? Yeah, yeah, I think he'll, I, I think that's the end of his turn. All right, you can roll uh, a social check for that. I don't know which one you'd like to use, but what uh, tone so would you use to ask for that? I, I mean, he'll intimidate. Oh. I can't, okay. I don't think, I don't think anything else that makes sense in this situation. I'm telling you, performance. Harlem Globetrotter, the, the Flaming Globe. <laughs> <laughs> do, 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 do. 
Just oh, bounce then... it off one of the Yeti's heads. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't work that way, no. Uh, I got an 18 on Intimidate. Okay, so you basically yell out, show us to your leader? Yeah. Oh, boy. All right, so from the hanging sort of a balcony out of the stonework in the back corner of the room, up about 10 feet from the ground, a shimmering green glowing iridescent spear flies across the room uh what's anton's armor class uh no it'll actually be a 16 because my my shield of faith definitely wore off by now so it's a 16 how long does it last 10 minutes i mean you still have 10 minutes you're good think so it's definitely at the last part of it. All right. Uh, then I definitely have an 18. Okay. It still hits, but I think you still have it up until the concentration wears off. Um, and as... Oh, jeez. That's so brutal. Um, as you yell to show you to the leader, a glowing spirit-like spear comes flying from up there and comes veering down towards you guys. And shatters into Anton's armor right into his chest and dissipates into a like a necrotic energy. Um, and as it does, uh, you take 20 points of damage. And in the common tongue, a withered and raspy voice from up on the balcony shouts out over the din of commotion and yells, I am right here. And you see a withered sorry, withered and, and very like mottled looking old woman that appears to be a bugbear hunched over so hard that it's like at half height, just barely hanging on to uh, the staff and like standing there looking down at you guys with a very brutal look on its face. Like it's about to wind up and launch another one of these deadly missiles. And the Yetis continue chasing after the goblins and the goblins continue running around the room. Um, but intimidated by you yelling at them. Uh, I guess they probably stopped dead in their tracks trying to figure out what to do. And the Eddies finally catch up to them and begin to attack the pile of them in a fury, confused by whatever's happening. One of them got a crit. Oh, that's so not nice. And the Yetis begin to just start shredding into the masses with a crit at near maximum damage. And the other one doesn't go to bat. Yeah, okay. So the horde of goblins are nearly halved by how many have been just like shredded and torn apart by the yetis when they finally catch up with the goblin pileup. Um, two bugbears, uh, two of the big tough ones are still around in the room as well. Um, and now the chief stands up uh, on top of that ledge about, from what I described before, about 60 to 70 feet away from Anton. Everybody else who's moved into the room um, from what I remember, Kleek is about 10 feet closer and Norhill is about five feet closer than Anton. So some degree of 60 feet away. So with that done, it goes to Jarzak. What would you like to do? Uh, I'd like to just blast this chief but you know we probably want to talk to them uh are have any goblins made it past the flaming sphere um so they're on our side of it 
Well, the flaming sphere has been racing around the room and chasing after them. So that sphere is already in there. So Anton's at the top of the stairs and Klika and Norhill have already made their way into the room a little bit from there. So other than, oh, and your specters at the top of the stairs next to Anton. Yeah, they're hanging so out. I'll bonus action move up the stairs and as far as I can into the room and then use my move to get to a goblin. Okay. There's like a swarm of them. Did you want to go for a bugbear instead? Yeah, I'll go for a bugbear instead. That's fine. Okay. They seem to be the ones that like, even though the whole room is shook with commotion, the bugbears look like they're actually going to do something about it. Like they're not broken by this. Okay. And I will attack. Hmm. Uh, 23 to hit. Uh, 23 is good. Uh, 20 damage. Jesus. So what did you attack with? Just a normal sword? Yeah. Okay. So yeah, this guy's already bloodied as you yeah. race up and probably do that fancy uh, Daikatana thing where you whip it out in one thrust to manage to slash him across the chest. And yeah, then I come in for another slash and just whiff it so hard. I got a seven to hit on the other one. I assume that misses. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and at this point, the uh, specter probably is going to go for the one you whiffed at. Um, so is that the end of your turn? Uh, yeah, I'll just point to it and be like, ghosty boy, time to kill. <laughs> Sorry, so time dark... to feed. <laughs> <laughs> the dark wraith-like form flutters across, whiffing past Anton and leaving a cold and dusty remain behind. Uh, it goes floating over to that bugbear. And the bugbear looks terrified by this. And it is feast upon a little bit. I don't know if it's enough to do something serious. That was close to maximum damage, too. I've been rolling hot damage tonight. Um, so with that, it's very close to death. It's not dead, but very close. Um, and now uh, Starbreeze from the bottom of the stairs has managed to wedge it up enough to scuttle underneath it. And he runs up about halfway up the staircase and <laughs> yells out and says, why did you guys leave me down there? I need to help. <laughs> um, and then guys, the last we thing... have one turn to solve this problem right now. <laughs> Good news, guys. Scrappy dude's here. Scooby dumb. Uh, but now the uh, bugbear uh, that you're up against, Arzak, swings back at you. Um, and let's see. What's your armor class? Definitely not 17. Um, 14. Damn. Okay. So it swings in with its makeshift morning star. Uh, could I get a strength saving throw from you? <laughs> Do you have to? Oh, a 15. Sure that's not bad. That's not bad for no, me. No, it's not. You Might take seventeen. Fail. You take seventeen points of damage as you're smacked in the side of the leg with uh, the Morning Star, and with the seventeen, you manage to save yourself. As this guy looks like he was trying to sweep you to the floor to knock you prone, so you manage to like retain your balance enough, but you still take that seventeen points of damage from the hit. Um, and the second bugbear that's in the room was closer to the ledge. And comes racing over to try to go toe-to-toe -to -toe with um, Norhill, realizing that Anton's probably the target of the chief. Uh, Jarzak's probably the target of the other one. Meanwhile, Klinka's just tap-dancing her way in here. I guess they're probably just figuring, since she's a goblin, they're like, oh, she's with us. 
but this one races up to Sonorhill. All right, let's see. Okay, uh, and I got a twenty-one. Uh, so I'm now can I get going a... to um, warding maneuver? Uh, my armor class is now twenty-six. Okay, well, good. I'm so glad for you. I swing in the second time. No, I'm just kidding. Um, and yeah, the horde of goblins. Uh, they, uh, I guess they're going to fight back against the yetis. I don't know how well it's going to work for them. Hey, um, the goblins and there are yetis. <laughs> they, they might be able to pull something off. One of them is bloody. You know, I, I don't know that it's going to work. Actually, hold on. Here we go. Hold up. I think the goblins might retake this fight. See, Anton, you can't hold them back for long. See, because Anton's evil. Um, so with that, using Fury of the Small, uh, they managed to, as a group, rebolstered by their, their chief's presence, they just climb onto the weakened Yeti and just beat it to death, riding it to the ground as the thing is afraid of the fire behind it. Uh, leaving one very healthy and very pissed off Yeti behind it. Fury um, of the Small is the strongest ability in the game. <laughs> yeah. Just so unnecessary. I just <laughs> completely killed that thing. Um, okay. Well, to be honest, I didn't have damage. We killed the healthy one. Fuck that. The wounded one is able to watch. Um, and that's it for my turn. So now it goes to Klika at the top of the round. Okay. I guess... Because you said the chief is 60 feet away. Is it on a different tier than us? 10 feet up. Is there an easy way to climb that 10 feet? It'll look easy. But I mean, you could just try to jump, climb up, I guess. No, click it down, click it on jump. That's, that's against the rules. It says it right on our character sheet no jumping. <laughs> click it, don't jump. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Kika will just walk up and get into flanking with the hobgoblin that is attacking. I guess, if, yeah, I was gonna say eat Jarzak, but because that one's further in, but I'll do Norhill first and then I'll just make my way there. Oh, yeah. Right. I'm expecting what? you to kill it in two hits, so That's don't let me down. That's a net 20 on my first one. I killed it. Go ahead and roll the damage up. 36 damage. Is there any bonus? You're not uh, going to fury of the small me after, are you? No, I'm going to hold on to that for now. And I'll just make my second attack. Okay. 19. Does that hit? Yeah. And that's uh, 17 damage. Okay, so that kills it. So the very healthy one that ran up to Norhill got blocked by his sweet warding maneuver. Just got yeeted and dropped by Klika. And Klika will just keep walking in and get into flanking with Jarzak. Of course. Klika's just sort of working her way right through this encounter. <laughs> Until the fury of the small goblins show up and cover Klika. Hey, but, Klika um, only can do that once, and it doesn't work if they're the same size as her. So she's safe. Yeah, just the attacks. That's the only other thing. Um, but now it goes to Norhill. Uh, Norhill's going to shoot a look uh, up at the bugbear chieftain and say, 
call off your men if you want to have any left at the end of this. And roll that sweet intimidate. Yeah, all right. 15. So with that, she spits at the ground and she says, I Dindueth will eat you all. I will always have more and more goblins. We are strong in spirit. And a small spectral skull appears in her hand and it seems to be dropping caustic goo. That's the way you want it. Uh, Norhill's going to go run up uh, to the bugbear that Cleek uh, and Jarzak are attacking uh, so that he's standing next to both of them. Yeah, and the spectre. <laughs> the spectre doesn't count. Um, and he's going to swing in the bugbear and crit. We didn't need this. This poor guy, you know. Uh, but roll pretty much minimum damage, so. Uh, for 10. It kills it. Okay. Yeah. So what does the kill look like? Yeah, no, Norhill falls it like a tree. Sorry. All right, I guess we're all swinging for the legs over in this side of the room. So there's still a giant massed party of goblins. There's still one very pissed off Yeti that's very wounded and a flaming sphere that's still just chilling. Um, yeah, was it a concentration spell, the flaming sphere? Yes. I guess I should probably should ask that yeah, one. Then, yeah, because when you cast that, um, uh, 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 shield the, of faith. Yeah, the shield of faith went away. I kept wanting to call it armor of faith. <laughs> I, I couldn't think of what it was called. Shield of Agathus, the armor of faith. Um, so, okay, so now it goes to Anton's turn. I'm thinking he wants to. Need shield. This might be a bit cruel, but I think he's going to try to force the ball right past the Yeti and into like the crowd of goblins. <laughs> try to hit them all and burn them all. Burn them all. Oh, God. Again, what happens when Anton gets cold in dark places? Why is this what happens when he's cold and dark? He's like, this is no place of the light. No, it's not. So they would have to make a deck save of 15. I'll give it to you. Um, let's see what our little friends are up to in our swarm. They must be dexterous. They're little. Yeah, I got a 20 on that. Okay, taking half damage. They are taking Is it half? Yeah, so then I'm taking okay. three points of damage. <laughs> okay, and it doubles because it's technically an area effect, so oh. still not doing great. Not great. Um, and is that the end of your turn? Just rolling the spear around, a spear around, or did you want to do something else? Yeah, I think that's all I can do right now. Really looking at all my bonus actions and everything. Like, no one really got hit other than me. I'm not going to really heal myself and yet. Everybody but Klika has been hit for around 20 damage, I believe. Oh, hmm. Yeah. I don't know if I could. Do I want to do mess? No, I can't even do it because that's I can't do two spells at a time. Uh, you haven't cast a spell yet. Yeah, well, one of them's just doing the concentration. Well, can I do like a mass healing word and that at the same time? Yes, uh, as long as they're not both concentration spells. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Then I'll do um. 
I'll do mass healing word on all of us. Oh, yeah, Captain. Now let me roll that health. Try to roll that health. Second. And we get five points of health back. Ta-da. The whole group? Yeah. Okay. And with that, Starbreeze yells, I'm coming, I promise. Oh, good. It's a long way up the stairs. Um, okay, so at the end of your turn now, uh, the chief streaks out to the goblins in the goblin tongue, which Klika understands this fully, and she sells, says, kill the goblin, and points in your direction. And with that, the swarm uh, revitalized in their efforts. Though still terrified by the Yeti, they just go swarming in the direction of all of you guys. And because of their size, uh, they're actually able to consume two of you guys. And based on the way that the setup was flanking, they would be swarming around the Spectre and around Klico, which feels very Warhammer to have goblins swarming around a Spectre. For some reason in my head, I'm like... Anyway, um, but yeah, so as they take over your space, uh, they begin to swing in with... Uh, scimitars, clubs, fish hooks, whatever they've got. Um, and yeah, so the attack on Cleaker that gives us uh, a 22. Cleaker with shield. Okay. And with that, the hit on the Spectre is a 19. And I believe, yep, that's enough to hit the Spectre. And the whole gang of them starts swinging it on the Spectre, who is incorporeal, which definitely makes life, uh, you know, a little bit harder. They magic weapons. Are they well, magic fish hooks? <laughs> I mean, they do half damage. It's not. It's not good. Tight. Uh, so they only do a portion of damage and barely manage to wound the Spectre at all. And with that, the Chief shrieks out in agony and she says, What good are they of you? And with that, she lobs the caustic globule skull across the room. And as it goes flying across, you can hear the sizzling as the thing spreads in a cloud of drippy green, brutal acid. Uh, and spreads over the entire foursome of you guys over there, Norhill, Kleeka, Jarzak, and the Spectre. Um, and the goblins? <laughs> yeah, and the goblins. Good. Very well. What uh, a cool can lady. I get, can I get a, a dexterity saving throw? Well, actually, sorry. Yeah, that doesn't make any fucking sense at all. I aim it so it only hits Norhill. And Jarzak, thank you for correcting me, Cleo. Uh, can I get doing a... this? Because I'm with the Spectre on the same guy. Like we're we're surrounded him on the four. Yeah, yeah. You guys would have been four points on a plus sign. So I'm like the only way that the mob would have been able to. Yeah. So just deck saving throw from uh, Norhill and Jarzak. What sort of damage is this? Acid. All right, Norhill got a nine. Uh, five. Oh, hey. Okay. And so with that, um, you guys both take 16 points of acid damage as the acid sizzles and burns you guys. 
She cackles with glee and she says, we will take back the Akeratos mountain. It will not be long. Eindindereth will bring us all home to glory. And Starbreeze runs up to the top of the stairs and shoots a crossbow bolt at the old lady. Ah. Oh, shit. I got a crit. Oh, shit. Let's go, Starbreeze. Go get him, kid. Uh-huh. I guess we're burying <laughs> him here. <laughs> what? Did you skip my turn? No. After the... Because I'm after the Yetis, and I never went. I don't think the Yeti... How does this happen every goddamn time? Because <laughs> these guys get... Yeah. Because I was MVP. just like, these guys got over to me. I'm like, why didn't I go? <laughs> you know, goddamn it. Fucking balls. Okay, well, what were you going to do then? I... I, I knew it was going to happen. I'm like, whatever I split <laughs> the opponents like that. I'm like, because technically the goblins weren't... Yeah, technically the goblins were the only ones who weren't supposed to go. She has initiative over you. Starbreeze oh. does not. Okay, so the thing would have still damaged me, but the goblins mm-hmm. aren't there yet. Okay, mm-hmm. I just right. I would. The one in front of me, did Norhill and Kleeka kill that one coming over to it or no? Yeah, it's dead. Yeah. Okay, then I will move over towards the goblin who just hit me. Uh, and I will use. Uh, Wait, the chief? The, the yeah, bugbear chief. chief? Yeah, the bugbear. Yeah, she's, she's uh, up on a ledge. Yeah, that's fine. I'm going to use uh, lightning lure. You're going to be able to target her from up there? Uh, yeah, you said it was 10 feet. It's a 15 foot range. She's also across the room, which is why I'm like trying oh, yeah, to figure I, that I, out. Bonus action move. If I need so to, that's and the then 16. I can regular move if I need to. And then the range you said was 10 feet on it? 15. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're good. You're good. Just double checking. Uh, so Jarsh is must... just sprinting across the room. <laughs> uh, strength saving throw. Okay. And this is a magical spell. Yeah. All right. So she got. Uh... A 13. Okay. Uh, it needed a 16, so Jarzak yanks it off of the balcony, doing four damage. Fucking cantrips, oh, man. Great. That's so sad. She just <laughs> falls. She's like... Yeah, so it lady. gets pulled 10 feet in a straight line towards me and takes the damage, so... Yeah, so she falls to the fucking ground. Yeah, I mean, she ignores the first 10, which is good, but still, that's... Oh, and then, that's so sad. I don't know why that's so sad. And then I assume the specter would go after me and uh, move over towards her too. Yeah, so technically Starbreeze didn't get that sweet crit. He gets so the specter only, well, the specter actually moves 50 feet. And since you moved it the 10 feet towards you, you moved the 60 feet. I mean, the specter would have to double move to get into contact. So we'll say that a double move to keep up with you on your orcish assault. Um, well, yeah. you pulled it she... too, right? A little closer. So mm-hmm. does that help? Because yeah, no? I only moved 60 and then I pulled it 10 to me. Right. But he only moves 50 in a turn. Okay. But he can just go That's straight through right. everything. He can beeline it. Jarzak has to climb over stuff. Yeah. I mean, Jarzak ran in a straight line too. <laughs> oh, but... wow. Fuck. <laughs> 
Um, but with that, uh, yeah, we'll still count the crit. Starbreeze says, "Okay, so take we can that." Still count the specter damage from the goblins too. You know, to make it fair. Is the damage from the goblins onto the specter. Yeah, because remember, he, if the specter's not there, then they technically wouldn't have damaged him. But yeah, we'll just leave that as is too. Okay, I think that's a very fair thing, especially yeah. since I just got near twenty points of damage in this attack. Meanwhile, on the specter, I did like five. <laughs> totally fair. I'm, you know, yeah. So with that, she gets shot while laying upon the ground by Starbreeze, who's just like, ha ha, take that decrepit old woman who's laying prone on the ground. We're heroes. <laughs> And uh, now it goes to Klika. Okay, Klika will walk over. Is she surrounded by goblins? No. Wait, Klika the character, or are you saying she is in the chief? Klika the character. Yeah, she's surrounded. Okay. What's that other Yeti up to? Just thinking about Yeti stuff? basically he got away from the orb at this point unless the orb's still chasing after him i figured it was chasing the goblin so i'm like he's just like Woo, i guess i'm out of that fight so he's just cowering in the corner but um i was gonna say clica technically i'm pretty sure since this is a swarm you can actually just walk out of it as if it was nothing yeah because you only I'm... take damage from being in the heart of it so i'm pretty sure you can leave it and it doesn't do take anything 28 to opportunity attacks on you now <laughs> yeah fuck you <laughs> That's fine. Not super worried about it. Uh, Click is going to, I guess she'll just attack the swarm of goblins. Specifically, going to go for uh, the one wearing the clothes. Yeah. <laughs> just like, just look at them, smile, and be like, yeah, you guys. There's only so, two of them left. Yeah, just going to whistle, give them the safety whistle while she swings. Oh, that's not nice. That's a 25. Yeah, that's a hit. Uh, the swarm is not... It's not hard to hit it. Yeah, 17 damage, and you are surrounded by booming energy. Can you do that to a swarm? Yep. Sir, unless it says somewhere in the swarm they can't be targeted by magical effects that only target one creature. You do have a part where it says you can target... Okay, check this out. This is actually kind of interesting. Any spell effect or attack that can target a number of creatures equal to or greater than the swarm's current hit points divided by seven overcomes the swarm's resistances and immunities. So technically, if this did surround multiple creatures, at a certain extent, it could actually hit all of them. But because of that, I'm going to say it doesn't wrap them in booming energy. Does that change your spell at all? Does it wrap one in booming energy? I will say the two of them that have the clothing, one of the two of them who's back with the clothing is in booming energy. How much damage did you do? 17. Okay. Okay. And that one definitely looks terrified. Uh, Is that the end of your turn? Kliga's just going to start making her way over to uh, the... Goblin or the bugbear lady on the ground. Okay, so if you double move, you'll be in the same situation as the uh, I, um, I, I can't, but I'm um, just regular 30 feet of movement. Oh, true, yeah, okay. And perfect. Goblin so click is gonna shout out to the bugbear lady. Um, 
you know, things really aren't looking that great for you. So, like, it just doesn't seem like you need to keep going with this. But that's on you if you want to. Okay. That's very kind of you. Um, with that, I mean, Jarzak can tell standing right there, having her cowering at his feet. He hears her weeping and, and like sobbing Jarzak's in the way that quietly only an old lady no who I was going to say in the way that only an old lady who just got pulled off of a 10 foot ledge to her near death after breaking a hip on the ground. The only only the way that she could cry, you know, that very specific kind of injured old lady cry, yeah. you know, yeah, the one no that one you else, caused. No one else is around Jarzak. He'll just say quietly enough. You should have gave up while you had a chance. Why, why does Jarzak have to be this person? Uh, well, first it just like threw an explosive at Jarzak. Like, what? <laughs> yeah, but you know, you'd think maybe there'd be a little bit of, I don't know, some sense that maybe she doesn't actually want to be this bad guy, doesn't want to be on the same team as the dragon. That should have made but... a deal when Anton offered. <laughs> yeah, should have should, should not <laughs> shouted that I'm Dindereth is going to eat us all, making her sound like she's firmly in the dragon's camp. And, and then follow that up by saying that she was going to retake the Akaratos Mountains. She had a lot of time to just sort of not sprout that she's a crazy evil old woman. But it turns out that hip she had was full of evil. Now that it shattered, it's dissipating and she's coming to recognize her words and actions. May have given the wrong impression. Man, and she has cookies in the oven. And- and if we just stop now, we can all get cookies. Man, do <laughs> what it's worth. It when all the evil spirits trapped inside your bones start to seep out when they fracture. That's well, such a thing- experience. It, that, that comment about the Akeratos Mountains, Krika knows very personally that the goblins lived there. That was their home, which was pretty much given to them by the humans. And that, from what you guys remember, the white dragons what pushed them on their little assault away from there. So, I mean, that comment could have been a lot more neutral than it sounds. She's not like, yes, and then we'll kill everybody in the mountain. She's like, and then we'll go home. But, Meaning, somebody told them they couldn't live there. But the question but is, were, like the goblins, were the goblins already living there when the humans gifted it to the goblins? <laughs> Basically said that they could live there comfortably yeah. and weren't going to be an enemy anymore. That's why they became the Dedraka, and that's why Clique is tolerated. That's why. Is this all of the Dedraka, or are there other clans? There's other clans, but this may be what's left of the biggest. Well, sorry. We've lit on fire about the, the bigger yeah. portion of the remnants. I was going to say, that's not true anymore. <laughs> great, see? Not, not great. Um... But okay, um, so that's yeah, now it goes to Norhill, I suppose. Well, Klika once again just gave her another chance to give up. So uh, gave her another is... chance to give up. I just said she cried. That's not her saying I surrender or stop. And Norhill is going to double move. Norhill, wait, 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 wait. I want to get this clear because if there's a free action I can do to end this suffering, I'm gonna do it. So my question, what did you say in this last bit that was the way for her to be able to give a truce or to, to, to give up? Uh, something about how she can stop and 
like she or I, I'm pretty sure I said she can still stop this and something along those lines, but it's up to her if she wants to or not. I I thought that was just you speaking aloud. I didn't think that that's what you yelled to her. I, I thought that you had said that, that yes. on a previous turn. If that's happening on this turn, when she's weeping on the ground, yeah, she's got a monologue and have a little moment where she just says, whether it's the dragon or if it's you all, somebody will kill us. We have no place in this world and we have lost. The herald is coming. And he will have his bloody reward. We're all trying was- to fight the herald. That's why we're here. If you would just let us by so we can stop Eindindereth, which we'll be able to do if we don't keep weakening each other, then we can get you someplace safe. But it's just nobody else has to die. And she like tries to lift herself off the ground weakly and she says, you don't understand. If any of us tried anything, it would kill all of us. We'd never survive without Eindindereth. Eindindereth doesn't need us, but we need him. Tell that to your Dragon deserters who managed to survive the battle of the towns below. We ran into Gudwicks and they're going to try and find a new safe place. And we also told them they'd be welcome in Enton. And then with that, she was going to say, I mean, she was just about to say there is no safe place for them. But that's when you mentioned going to Enton and she just looks up at you with her one good eye that she's got. And she looks around the room at all of you, sees the goblins that are left over in that patch seem to be like dissipating in the room on their own. Hearing this conversation, it seems like the fighting has stopped. Yeah. Safe to say. No, there's still the Yeti. Uh, yeah, unless the Yeti is going to try to do something. I think I just heard Jarzaki say no. I like how you two are like, yeah, sure people listen to Jarzak. No. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what's Jarzak going to do? Uh, Jarzak's just waiting for his turn to strike. Was Anton going to keep pushing the fireball after the Yeti? I pictured once the Yeti goes into hiding in the corner, Anton probably backed off on it. Yeah, I imagine the ball starts to disappear. Well, I mean, it in reality only lasts a minute. Okay. I don't think it's been about 10 rounds, but I imagine it's getting close. Yeah, yeah, it would take only a few more rounds, but yeah, we could just say you kind of held it there, hoping to see whatever happens, and then hearing the conversation comes out, you probably let it dissipate. Yeah. And so with that, I guess the party approach her? Yeah. Yeah, click it was already Zach on her actually- way. Was Jarzak gonna actually hurt her any further? Yeah, uh, I imagine Wait, that are we saying are we stopping? Thing. Yeah, we... if she's doesn't want to fight anymore, Jarzak, there's no point. Looks over to her. So you're done attacking us? She says, "It was never me. It was Eindindereth. We're doing what we can to survive." I'm doing sight check to see if it was actually the dragon or just them attacking. She's trying to be poetic. I think Jarzak might miss that, but she's trying to be poetic and say that, like, she's an instrument and this is what Eindindreth wanted. This is not what she wanted. 
Don't blame others for what you do. And he'll put away his sword and walk away. Spectre, no feeding on this one. Not yet. Yes. Maybe that's scrappy do. Just puts the high sea straw away. It's <laughs> so disgusting. I hate everything about that. Uh, I wonder what the noise it makes just knocking into a skull. Just <laughs> also, just one goblin still wearing your winter clothing. It just has the, it has the straw pointed the wrong way in the bendy direction and just moves its whole face onto it once it sticks it in. It's like, you don't, you don't have, you could bend it the other way. Nope. All right. There he goes. Hey, everything about that and i hope that you guys all feel good about anton with his strange candle monster and now our high <laughs> sea fucking slurping straw inspector spectral punch but uh okay so she she kind of leans over onto like one side in that like recovery position and she lays there heaving as her body looks pretty racked from falling off that place and getting smacked around and shot with a crossbow bolt, which Starbreeze approaches guiltily. It's still a little bit proud. Oh, yeah, he got her good. I was going to say, that was a pretty good shot for him. Does Anton also approach? Or Anton hanging back? Ronnie, you're muted. Oh shit, sorry, I was talking. Sorry. <laughs> Did you? Sorry, can you repeat that? I said, did you approach the lady as well? I think he's gonna more stand back just to keep an eye on everything else just going on in the room. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. So with that, uh, the four of you guys... Uh, including Starbreeze. I'll surround her. And Starbreeze actually like walks over and offers her a hand to stand up. Clinko's going to pull out one of the uh, Noma healing potions and give it to her. And so with that, she gives a nod and she says, I, could use I have potions. She says, I have... <laughs> yeah. He's like, what? This, meanwhile, the specter tries to slurp it. Um, <laughs> He's like trying to stick the spectral straw through the bottom. It's incorporeal. No. <laughs> what was the, Nobody's um, high seas are safe. <laughs> what was that? She says, her sippy pouch, it's empty. She says, I have, she says, I have more in my stash in my chamber up on the lift. And she points to the pathway that uh, was to the right of you guys. And she says, we could go there, but if your plan is to destroy Eindindereth, Eindindereth knows you're here. Eindindereth is waiting. Yeah, and we know he's here. I don't think there was any way to avoid that. Um, you could have just, you know, not had the fireball chase the Eddies around, but, you know, I mean, I'm not really one to judge. Would your people have really stood aside in silence and let us come up the stairs? Or up the front entrance. Yeah, there were like 50 goblins over there. One of them could have peeled off and just screamed really loud. I don't actually know what point we're trying to make against this lady right now. I'm, I'm very confused. <laughs> she like, just said that, she's... That, that in any situation, the, uh, that they would have fought and made a bunch of noise and alerted I'm Dindere. 
I'm just yeah, making sure as, that's what I'm, okay. as soon as Klegel let those goblins go, that was that for stealth. Yeah. My my point that I'm making is you would have fought. Yeah, you and your people would have fought for whatever it was you are trying to build here. And the dragon would have known one way or another. So like the, the 12 or so goblins that are left in that pile over there start kind of scrabbling over to her. The one of the swimming blade this... goes off. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so with that, they they scamper over afraid of whatever may have killed their friend Larry. But with that, as they come over here, the uh the chief she turns to Klika and says, Are you Didrika? Uh um, Klika's not really sure anymore. Klika doesn't think she is, but have you ever heard of Klika's mom? Her name was Felgrised. And with that, she just looks to you very confused and puzzled, and she says, that is not a name of any of the Dedrakov the hills. And from what I could recognize, that doesn't sound like a goblin's name at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Klika's full name is Klika Thorelius. So it definitely does not sound like a goblin name. I'm going to be totally straight up with you. Oh, Klinka thought it was kind of goblin-y. And so with that, she says, where did Gudwicks go? Uh, Norhill is going to draw you know, the, the, you know, the dwarvish uh, build here rune on the ground and say, I've left these all along uh, the northern reaches of the mountains. Uh, it indicates a place with uh, good potential to build. I've told Godwick and his men to seek out one such of these places where they think that they will be safe for a time. And so that she tactical. looks over at you. Ooh, I don't know. So she looks up at you and then looks over at Klika, looks at Jarzak, who's standing sketchily over her with her with the specter right next to the straw. And she just says, where did you come from? All of you. I am of the halls of silver and steel. Klika's not really sure where Klika's from. Or Gareth. I am of Glorybeck. And so with that, she just kind of looks around the room very puzzled and lifts an eyebrow. Starbreeze is still looking down at her with almost like a sense of like almost like wonder looking down at her as as she just like surviving such a thing and him realizing he almost killed her. He just kind of like shakes out of it and he's like, I, I, I'm from Soltide. You, your, your people, they destroyed much of our homes. And she looks so sad. It's just like that look of sheer grandma disappointment. Like you think your mom being disappointed looked bad? Oh, this is a new level. Grandma's disappointed. And she just looks down and looks like she took more damage from from this than getting shot and pulled off of a 10-foot ledge. (laughs) Like she just looks so wounded. And with tears glistening in her eyes, she looks up to all of you and says, would you have done differently? I did what was best for my people. And as chief, I did all I could do. 
It was either stand in the Akeratos Mountains and die in our home or do whatever we could to maybe make it out of here. When that strange metal man came and he fought Eindindereth, Eindindereth escaped. They took us with him. Kliga doesn't know what you should have done, but Kliga doesn't. This, yeah, Kliga doesn't think this was the right choice. The people here were doing their best to survive and everything too. Most most people out there right now are, so it doesn't do much good for any of us to prey on each other. But Klika so, knows that it's not always a choice. The Herald of Steel so, is a formidable foe, but the right choice is not to turn against those who are weaker for than, for, than yourselves and carve out a new niche. The true secret that I've learned is to seek everywhere you might find a listening ear. And though you'll be turned away at the threshold time and time again, the best thing to do is turn around and look for another. Yeah, Nor- so, Nor- but- Norhill had to go through a whole like nine quests to get help, and then he didn't even get any. It was pretty good, actually. And so with that, she says, I, I don't actually know what you're referring to. You feel like I need more context on that. But she kind of nods and she says... The reason why I've done so well as chief and the reason why I've made it this far is because I had the spirit to guide me. I've fallen into dark hands and on dark times because my spirit is gone. I'm afraid I've lost the will to live and the will to lead. I never thought I'd see the day, but it seems we have fallen on dark times. I I think there is a chance my spirit has been rejuvenated just being in your presence. Well, I will, I will do what I can to lead my people to get out of here. Hope to find some salvation somewhere to lean our backs. And then she looks up at Norhill and says, if you'd have us. Uh, 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 Hill just says, Seek the rune and the remains of your friends. The only thing that I ask is you make no further trouble for the other peoples of these lands and to sound the call of warning should the iron maelstrom pass through to do to others what they've done to you. She gives a nod and she says, you can take my belongings out of my chambers. There is a portal that leads to to Eindindureth's lair. But I warn you again, you will not be able to rest here. Eindindureth is brutal and has means to get around. I would highly recommend you act quickly. Take no time for rest. And that is where we're going to end it. Hey everyone, I want to thank you all for listening to another episode of the podcast. It really means a lot to me to have everybody listening in. 
And if you have anything you'd like to say, any comments or anything like that, shoot me a tweet over at ygrognard on Twitter, or you can even send me an email at younggrognard at gmail.com. I look forward to everything you guys have to say, and it's always a pleasure to engage with anybody listening to the show. And as always, be sure to keep things... Dungeons. Dungeons.